So, Richard, I have a pretty sensitive topic for us to talk about. Yeah? What is it? Well, it's about this idea of celiac disease versus gluten sensitivities. <laughs> gluten sensitivities. Okay, cool. Now, I love how you're laughing now. Like, like, the first time we went through recording this, you didn't even think it was a joke. Like, No, I didn't. No, you didn't. I just don't think it's a funny one. Anyway. <laughs> hey, I wrote this. So you shut up. Let's geek in. So what do you want to talk about regarding gluten sensitivity? About 1% of Americans have celiac disease. Which is a disease that means an immune response t towards gluten, right? Right. In, in the gut, and it's known to cause ulcers and bad stuff. Right, and of course, gluten is a component of wheat, rye, barley, so anything like bread, cake, grains, not good. A lot of people are so severely allergic to wheat that they could die. Mm -hmm. um, however, there's a large portion of the American population that believe they have a sensitivity to gluten, which is non-celiac. And I believe you have a study. Actually, I have two studies to talk about. Two studies. Okay. I do. So bef uh, back in the early 2000s, wasn't it like 2008 or something like that? Something like that. Um, there was a scientist who was noticing this trend of people thinking that they were gluten sensitive. And he did a study that more or less confirmed that gluten sensitivity was a thing. Okay. But he then did something which makes him my hero. <laughs> he wasn't happy with his results. Really? No, he wasn't. He felt he needed to do a more controlled trial. Now, he got over 65 people who claimed to be gluten sensitive together, and he conducted arguably one of the most rigorous, well-controlled, and well-documented studies in the history of nutrition research. Okay. What, 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 uh, what about it made it so controlled and impressive? He had all 65 people be given three meals a day by the researchers so that the researchers could control every aspect of what goes into their mouths. That sounds like a logistical nightmare. Like <laughs> Yeah, it is. And he did it for six weeks. Did they just stop by the food depot every day? <laughs> like, Who knows? You know? Well, anyway, for the first two weeks, the all 65 subjects were given the same meal. And the meal was... Wait, no so they ate one meal in the first two weeks? Yeah, essentially. Was he trying to starve these people? <laughs> no. They all ate the same meal relative to each other three times a day. Oh, for, okay. for the two so weeks. they weren't just eating, like, corn no. bread for two weeks straight. No. Okay. Um, but, so these guys controlled the food that the, they were eating to such an extent that they knew for sure there was no gluten, and there was also no FODMAP, F-O-D-M-A-P, is an acronym that refers to a number of different foods which uh, be, that people are known to be sensitive to. So they knew that there was nothing in these first two weeks that was going to cause an upset stomach or anything. Right. 
Then after those two weeks were up, they split the, the 65 people into three groups. Okay. Now each group would cycle through three different phases. For one week, they were given either a, a meals that were loaded with gluten, okay. meals that had a little bit of gluten, or meals that had no gluten. Okay. And each week, the three groups would, uh, would split, meaning that each group would get all three types of meals. Throughout the three weeks? Right, throughout so three weeks. So one week, they'd be eating meal one with the heavy gluten. Mm -hmm. The second week, they'd be meal eating meal two with the light mm -hmm. gluten. So or they, uh, they might be eating no gluten, then light gluten, then heavy gluten. It, it depended. Okay, did they tell them that they were eating gluten? No. It was double blind, and that's why it, it was so amazing. Another aspect of it. Okay, explain to me what double blind means. Double blind means that neither the person who is actually handing you the food, nor the person who's eating the food, knows what is in the food. It's okay. the same process that's used with medicines to va validate whether or not a medicine will actually do something. Okay. So... I'm sure that they had to tell them something, right? I mean, they can't just tell people... Oh, know. they knew that they would be eating food that was either... That either had no gluten, had gluten, or had a lot of gluten. They knew that, but they didn't know which one at any given time. Oh, okay. So they were eating the same meal all three weeks, but... But uh, it's not like they handed them a big chunk of garlic bread or something. Right, it's not like for the high gluten they got garlic bread... Right. And then the low gluten, they had a little bit of bread. No. Like, it was the same meal, just gluten was added to it artificially. Right, so like a powder or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So they wouldn't be able to tell. Okay. Now, over the entire experiment, the subjects were required to keep a meticulous journal. If they got a hangnail, <laughs> they had to write it in their journal. Seriously? Something like that. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit, but... You know, what they found was that, now for the first two weeks, they knew that there was no gluten and nothing in there that was going to upset their stomach. They knew Who that. Who knew? The, the researchers the, or the... The participants. The okay. participants knew that for the first two weeks there would be no gluten. Okay. And they, then they knew that they might be eating gluten... For the other three weeks. Right. Their journals, all of them said that they felt fine for the first two weeks. Okay. And then all of them... Set, gave some level of gut discomfort for all three of the next weeks. All three weeks. And it regardless of what they were eating. Regardless of what they were eating. Really. Mm-hmm. So that indicates you've got a pretty strong nocebo effect. Exactly. On. It's all in their heads. Okay. They weren't during the week when they weren't eating gluten. They were responding to it as though they they were quote unquote gluten sensitive. Wow. Mm -hmm. And the researcher published this and went back on his previous finding. Now remember, this is the same head researcher who's running this as the uh, the guy who had said, "Hey, gluten sensitivity is a thing." He's now going back on that, potentially risking his scientific reputation to say, "I was wrong. I screwed up. Gluten sensitivity, not a thing." Science is so cool, isn't it? You know? That, mm, that makes my day. If only that guy who said that vaccines cause autism would go back and prove him, uh, prove himself wrong. Right. You know, he's... Mm, anyway. 
that's kind of a bit of a tangent. Anyway, but yeah, how cool is science, you know, that we can have that happen, that science is constantly building on itself and improving on itself, you know, and the further along we go, the more accurate the information we have is. Exactly. How cool is that? Now. So, um, so you got your chance to talk about your studies. Now, I want to talk about some of the benefits of a gluten-free diet. Now, you might say, didn't we just disprove, quote-unquote, gluten sensitivities? Yes, but, for one thing, you can never prove anything with science. Come on, people. (laughs) My number one pet peeve is when people say, uh, science proves. No, oh, I hate science, it when people do that. Science does not prove anything. Science builds on itself. Science gathers evidence, but it does not prove, quote unquote, anything. All right. So, you may be saying, didn't we just, quote unquote, prove that gluten sensitivities are bunk, right? There are still some benefits to going gluten-free okay okay people feel better on a gluten-free diet right you're saying it's a placebo effect it's a powerful placebo effect it can be yeah especially if you hold to the view that food is medicine but every time you sit down to eat your you are putting medicine in your in your stomach you know mm-hmm. it's, it's a powerful placebo effect um Okay. Switching to a gluten-free diet is hard. Although the options are getting better thanks to this movement, wheat-filled foods still dominate the market. Switching to a gluten-free diet may give people a sense of accomplishment. Depression, for example. Uh, Gluten sensitivity is often thought to be a cause of depression. It's not. Not by the medical community, but... Right. However, a gluten-free diet is a powerful placebo effect that can work really well against a mental disorder. Um, Depression is marked by apathy and hopelessness, right? Um, Eating a gluten-free diet can work if you have depression because three times a day you are sitting down and you are doing something about your depression. A lot of things, however, could have this effect if you did it three times a day, especially if you have this belief that it will help you, like meditating, for example. Um, so even like the placebo effect aside, there are some good things that have come out of the gluten sensitivity craze. Um, actual celiacs now have access to a wider and cheaper variety of foods than before. That's super helpful for celiacs. Absolutely. It also makes people think about what they put in their bodies. It makes people read labels. And that could be super helpful for making people more aware of their health. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many people are like, I'm trying to lose weight. And then they eat a whole bunch of things with added sugars and they don't realize it. I'm like, hey, you know that spaghetti sauce has like 10 grams of added sugar in it. Everything has everything. I know. Um... But here's another thing, like, it, it actually does make people feel better, you know? Why would you not want to feel better about those things? However, there are some downsides to it, too. Like you said, um, people who are going gluten-free 
don't need to spend that money. They really don't. Unless they're actually celiac. So why would you spend money that you don't need to? Um, another one that, another, um, another disadvantage is that you're putting energy and money into something that is nothing more than a powerful placebo effect. Granted, it is a powerful placebo effect. But placebo effects are only so strong. True. Um, but people could be putting more energy and money into something that could actually help them that's more than a placebo effect. For example, uh, somebody who's obese going on a gluten-free diet could help them, but mild exercise will certainly help them much more than a gluten-free diet could. Right. One final reason why it might not be a good thing is because it could possibly make celiac disease less impactful. Do you know what I'm saying? So if someone says they're gluten-free, you know, what's your average Joe gonna think? Oh, you're gluten-free. You're one of those hippies. You know what I mean? Right, whereas, and then, I mean, you go over to a person's house, say, oh, I'm gluten-free, I can't eat uh, bread. Eh. They're gluten-free. It's not a big deal. I'll just uh, give them a little bit of something. What they know won't hurt them. No, seriously. But if they're celiac... You just killed them. Not necessarily. Possibly. But, like, I heard a story one time um, in a gluten-free cookbook, actually. This woman ate uh, barbecue sauce that had breadcrumbs in it. So it wasn't even like she took a piece of bread and took a bite. No. Breadcrumbs. She was on the toilet for, like, three days. This is a serious medical condition. And it's not just about uh, being on the toilet. If you have celiac disease, gluten can actually cause stomach ulcers, yeah. bleeding into your gut. No, it's, it's not a good thing. And I'm glad that the gluten-free movement is helping to get them cheaper food and more awareness. But at the same time, it, it could also make them look like their illness is less serious than it is. Mm-hmm. Even so, it is only 1% of the population. Right. So, one of the things that I heard growing up a lot is that the reason why gluten is supposedly a problem now, whereas it has not been in the past few years, is... In the past, like, millennia. Right. Is because big agribusiness... Is because big agribusiness has genetically modified wheat to have more gluten in it. That isn't actually true. America is a huge exporter of wheat. Many other countries ban GMOs, which are genetically modified organisms. Um, In fact, while many countries ban GMOs, they also monitor very carefully the wheat that's coming in for GMOs. Both South Korea and China are major importers of American wheat. It, they actively screen American wheat for genetic modification, and if they were to find any, they've threatened in the past to pull out of trade negotiations with America. That's just a bad deal for everyone, and so... Honestly, America doesn't do it. No. There, there's no real uh, modification for... Yeah, there's no modification. No. 
any wheat that's grown in America, which is the majority of the wheat in the world, actually, is going to be non-GMO already. And yet, a whole lot of companies find that if they put labels on their bread and food that says non-GMO, then people spend, are willing to spend more money for it. Yeah, that's a topic for another podcast. GMOs are safe. Geek out. Geek out. Hi, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this very first full episode of The Maple Geeks. We have an iTunes now, so go ahead and head over there. Check us out. Give us five stars. That would be awesome. If you like this podcast, you can check us out on Facebook or Twitter. We're almost to 25 likes on our Facebook page, so keep that up, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day, and don't forget to geek out.